Fear is fear. It doesn't speak in riddles. Fear means you're smart. You understand the risks. Baby, take my head. You'll be alright. Trust me. We're the good guys. Good guys never say that. <laughs> good evening and welcome to Live Long and Podcast. This is the Star Trek Picard Season 2, Episode 6 episode reaction this uh one was named two for one and it just so happens that we only have two people today yeah uh, i'm we're joined the two, here we're, with, we're the two for one with the producer extraordinaire uh dave mater hello how are you today i'm well uh you know i'm i'm not controlled by a board queen so i'm doing better than gerardi and yeah, uh well, you know you know i'm not in a, a world of my own design or, or, or like picard is or in the coma uh, at the end of this episode Girardi just can't catch a break man like she was she she had to kill her like you know love interest in the last one and then this season she's the borg queen or she's part of the borg queen or the borg queen's part of her like yeah that girl's um, having a bad time like her two adventures with picard have been yeah kind of yeah like uh, you'd think at this point she'd be like okay i'm done I'll see you later. We'll see if she sticks around <laughs> for season three. I'm kind of curious here uh, at this at this rate. Um, exactly. And we also got a big a big announcement, Jody, uh, since oh, last we? week. Well, oh. so, you know, because they announced season three, all of the original ne next gen cast. Well, at least the the core seven, if you will. You know, Riker and uh, Data. I guess Brent Spiner. Uh, we don't know if it will be Data, but we know Riker and uh, Brent Spiner. Well, I don't Spiner. think it'll be Data. Data's yeah. dead. Could be Lore. Yeah, well, Laura's supposed to be dead too at this point, isn't he? Disassembled. Yeah, disassembled. He so. could be reassembled. Uh, but like Gates McFadden, Michael Dorn, uh, they're all coming back. That'd be great uh, to see them again. It'll be nice to give the characters a good send off instead of Nemesis. Uh, I think that, like, so. yeah, like if you're going to do like do this, like this is probably the last hurrah for this cast uh, next year. Yeah, so. at this point, they might do some guest spots in some other future shows maybe, but that's about it. And they'll probably play somebody else. So... You know, right. so I think I think the next season of Picard is probably going to be the last hurrah for them for sure. If you recall, like the like Star Trek Five: The Final Frontier was kind of like this is going to be the last hurrah for the original series crew, and then everyone was like, "This movie sucks. Let's let's yeah, let's, let's do, it. do it again. Yeah. Let's do it again." And then we got six. But and then Nemesis, I liked. You know how I have a fond for Nemesis, even though yeah, I don't understand it, but most I people don't. But you know that's fine. Yeah, I like that uh, you, you know, like it, Jody. It, it you know it's a guilty pleasure for me. I I, I watched every so often, and I think of you, Dave. <laughs> I think of you when I when I thought when it crosses my path. Anyway, well. let's let's remind everybody this is definitely a spoiler, mm -hmm. non-spoiler free episode of this. Uh so yes, yes we are gonna go through the entire episode. Uh so if you haven't watched the episode, definitely do not watch this if you want things ruined. But you know, if you watched it or you don't care, then yeah, let's 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 go along the ride. I yeah, guess. surrender all your dreams to me tonight. Surrender Indeed. all your dreams. I got a problem with this episode, Dave. I'm just going to tell I, you right I, now. I like when you when you messaged this morning. Uh, yeah. I was watching the episode, and you know, you're like, I don't know if I liked this one so much. And I was just like, I was on that scene with the song when right when it, when it hit. Uh, I was like, I have a feeling I don't want. Yeah, I, th I think you know where I'm going on that one. But yeah, and you know what? I did. I didn't know that uh, she has the chops for this, and she's definitely a good singer. But I just it didn't fit for me. But anyway, that's fine. Uh, but anyway, let's get let's get on with this. Shall we? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So we open up with Picard on the floor, blood coming out of his mouth. 
He's got an earpiece hanging out uh, and he's on the floor and it appears to be unconscious. We have no idea what's going on. Um, yes. You know, this is, this is a weird way to start this episode. Uh, that's one thing that this season I can't say I'm happy with is where they cut the episodes. The episodes yeah. seem to be in such silly places that they start in. And, and this, this one in. was a, was an anomaly because it's like only, it was like less than 40 minutes. This one, like it kind of yeah. like the rest of them have been almost an hour or so. I'm and starting to was... feel, uh, I'm starting to feel like they've, they've taken one episode <laughs> idea and kind of stretched it into two now. Like they're, they're really pulling hard to get that two episodes out of the one storyline or something. Yeah. I well, like know. this episode directed by Jonathan Frakes, as was last week. And then yes. before that, it was the two Leah Thompson. And before that it was the two, uh, the Doug guy. Um, yeah. and, and so I'm like, I guess like that's that you know, I'm, I'm guessing the next two will have the same director as well. I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. It seems to be kind of the trend, but, uh, Leah Thompson, I, I think her, hers were fantastic. Uh, Jonathan Frakes last week's wasn't bad. Uh, this week's, uh, some of the shots were just a little weird. I don't know, but I guess he was right. just trying to be, he was trying to be art school, uh, Jonathan freaks, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, and there's different things in this, in this, um, this whole episode that I, I definitely get the vibe, like first contact vibes, you know? Yes, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's see if I can actually get this moving. Uh, so anyway, we, we, we end up seeing uh, some of the crew around him, you know, kind of obviously they're in distress as well. They're just like, what's going on? Oh, my God, Picard, you know, Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc, you know, and they're they're kind of screaming for him. Uh, and then all of a sudden we we go to this. Now, when like you these first more saw this. Flashes. Yeah. When you saw this, Dave. Yeah. What did you think this was originally? Well, I, I, I know that they, they keep doing like these quick flashes to him and his mother is uh, these flashbacks yeah. and it's just more of the same. So I knew what it was, but I don't know where it's going. Uh, yeah, neither do I. And that's and that's the I guess that's one of the mysteries we're going to have to wait for. But uh, I, I like the fact that we're we're getting some history. Um, you know, it's nice to always see more history of Picard, but, you know, where we're going with it, I don't know. So now this is this is where the episode already started to draw me for a loop. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like this is you done know. in TV all the time and movies and different things yeah. where like they're they're telling us a story like sort of narratively and we're like, OK, so Picard's almost going to die and we're going to kind of find out how. And it ends yeah. up it, like the, the payoff is just like, oh, well, Adam soon tried to run him over. Um, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that was the whole payoff, which we've already spoiled that. But anyway, yeah. um, so then we get non Laris, uh, which is uh, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> Talon. Oh. Talon, Talon, there you go, Talon. Yeah. Uh, so Talon and Picard are having a nice little conversation about uh, about Renee, uh, and she basically is trying to tell him, like, you know, well, you know, we need to be a little worried here. She's she's still acting the way that would lead me to believe that she's not going to be going on this mission. And just to recap, you know, if people don't realize, they got to they got to keep her interested in going into space because right now she's got a you know a counselor that's basically telling her not to which is played by q right uh and uh that's that's basically where that's q going, right? q basically hired adam soong or bribed adam soong into becoming like a hitman in this episode and his mission was to kill her he almost yeah. and then he almost kills picard instead like i am i'm thrown for a loop of what q is up to this season because if q if q has these objectives then why did he bring picard and all these people back exactly or he, well, they brought themselves back in time, but 
they they were in like they they had their original memories from the original timeline so they could come and do these things and he's not mm-hmm. trying to obstruct them in, in any significant way yeah. um and so yeah i'm confused but in this scene with Lar- with not laris talon he says i thought you maybe been an ancestor of laris but she's a romulan and you're that can't be um Damn. and she's like was this laris important he's like nope and she's like well thanks for telling me how you lie uh, like, what right. can you do and i apologize for my squeaky chair for some strange reason my my chair has developed a squeak uh, okay. so i gotta get that dealt with get that wd-40 you gotta get that wd-40 for sure um so then we see of course rios um again we we, we notice that they're they're coming in um now they're the already in the party at this part so we we've gone so far we, well we're we're farther back but yet we're not because they show us a scene later where they're getting in, but they're already clearly in at this point. Right. So right. it's kind of confusing. Um, yeah. Like, like there's, they're kind of like where we left off last week, which was like Gerardi was kind of the first infiltrator. So she could get into the control room mm-hmm. and that was happening. But then the rest of this crew comes in and <clears throat> I watched Steve Shives uh, review earlier about yes. this episode. Yeah. Yep. And, and uh, most of these people like Gerardi clearly had an objective I get yeah. why Talon's there and Picard's there and even Rios and and um, a little bit, but like Rafi and certainly Seven have nothing to do on this mission. Like they mm-hmm. are just wearing dresses and and partying it up. That's all they're doing. Yeah, they have no use. They have purpose. no purpose. No purpose at all. In this in this particular episode, I'm not saying yeah. in general, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't make sense why all these people needed to be there. No. Yeah. So I agree with Steve on that one. Uh, so then we get a scene with uh, obviously Gerardi and she's in the security room, uh, which we saw at the end of the last episode. Uh, but she's starting to talk to herself again, uh, which is a, a, a Gerardi thing, uh, which obviously is because the Borg Queen's in her head. Uh, and then all of a sudden we see uh, the star of the show, in my opinion, uh, the Borg Queen, yeah. uh, uh, played by um, Annie Wershing. Annie, no, yeah, yeah, it is Annie Wershing. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I always think of the other one that's playing uh, Renee. She's giving uh, that Enterprise episode we're going to cover on Monday. It is, yes, for sure. So, but anyway, yeah. So we, we have we have her, and she's sitting with uh, Gerardi, and Gerardi's like, you know, oh, you know, this is not going well. Blah blah blah. <laughs> you, know, you know, you got to give me some time. All that stuff. So. <laughs> Yeah, like this whole like um, Jiminy Cricket or whatever they're going with here with the Borg Queens in her head. I, I mm. am I am kind of digging it, and I, I I like if they're gonna make Jurati like full on villain, this is a kind of an interesting way to kind of get there. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Alrighty, so we she ends up pulling out this device, which appears to be like some sort of like nebulizer kind of thing, where it's like it shoots a gas or something, and yeah. all of a sudden she knocks them both out. Right. right. So, and then Gerardi's very full of herself at this point. She's like, "Hey, that worked. Oh, cool. Yes. You know, very, I, very I just, pleased. I just drugged two people, you know." Uh, and then we start seeing the security things, and Rios is trying to get through the security uh, perimeter, and he's scanning as somebody else. And then he's like, uh, "I don't know what's going on here, guys." Uh, but you know, they're like, "You don't look. Like, you don't look like this guy." Yeah, you don't look like old. a sixty-some-odd-year-old, you know, mechanic or whatever he was. I think they said uh, uh, a surgeon or or something. Like a that. doctor, yeah, something like that. A doctor or something like that, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Rios is kind of like, uh, "Can you do something here?" Gerardi, you know, does her little, you know, hacker magic and 
all of a sudden there's Rios's uh, ID and it turns out that the scan that definitely wouldn't have been a bad scan was a bad scan. Xavier Vicente. Yes, exactly. So, uh, and Gerardi's got the USB key because, uh, you know, even in the future they use USB keys, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know where she got that from, but they're universal, cool, I guess. Yeah, I guess they're universal, you know. It just goes to show you they probably still have a problem putting it in. You know, they yeah, always get, put it in uh, three times. This way or that way. That's always what yeah, I do. Three times, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, already, so we have. And this Girardi. is where she busts out of the cuffs, right? Because she, yeah. um, like, because she, she, like, I love the board queen's like, yeah, maybe you should have um, gotten that guy a little closer with the hand, the key to the handcuffs before you uh, knocked him out. Yeah, and that's one thing I really like about the board queen is she's a lot more sarcastic in in this version of her, and yes. you know, just overall, she's very she's playful yet very devious, and I like cunning. That. She's very cunning, and she and, and yes. she points out when like when Gerardi's like, "You're being a dumb ass," and I'm gonna have to. Yeah. But then it's also it's it's part of this whole thing. Like, take my hand, I will. I yeah, you know, I'll, uh, I'll guide you, kind of thing. Yeah, right. It's kind of like the, the, the temptation of the devil, right? Is what I keep they, they keep they keep coming back to here. Yeah, yeah. It really is a lot like that, actually. So, uh, and then we get the another twenty four reference or something along the lines, but it's like twenty six minutes earlier, you know. And now they're in the you know now they're in the gala, uh, and you know this is where Picard again is talking about Renee, and he's like, you know, how's she doing? And she's like, not good. <laughs> like, look at her. <laughs> You know, she's she's dropping down the uh, dropping down the whiskey. Like she always drink this much, or does she always drink this hard? Well, she is Picard. Yeah, uh, she's a Picard, so I guess she does drink a lot. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, so anyway, we're at here, and then all of a sudden, you know, the we got the band going, and then Gerardi uh, shows up with the Queen, and obviously the Queen, nobody else can see her. It's just Gerardi that can see her, so you know they're not out of place, I guess, so to speak. Uh, But Gerardi's having a hard time with kind of making the deal with the devil here um yeah she says at one point like um if you don't shut up i will find a way to destroy you or something yeah something like that yeah i didn't try to keep you alive to you know do something else or something uh so we noticed that they are drinking some bourbon here but this, uh, this go- whole thing where Rafi's tempted by the bourbon that like it's kind of this direct like i didn't think she was an alcoholic no i, I thought she that. was like a druggie because i thought she was, was like, into the snake the snake uh venom or whatever it was um, yeah something like that yeah uh, so yeah anyway we got like, oh, give me club soda yeah so Rafi's kind of you know trying to avoid the thing and then rios is like hey i found a real cigar all right you know, so what's he smoking? What's he smoking in like replicated cigars? Yeah, I mean, they're like replicated or something. Yeah, that's a, that's my guess. So okay, anyway. so these ones are actually car- will give you cancer, uh, uh, Rios. <laughs> so. Yeah, these ones will kill you. Uh, but anyway, and he's very fascinated by this. He's also fascinated by the matches that he ends up getting. Uh, yeah, like, like this is they like, come in a little box. Yeah, he's like, I love this century, except for the whole like you know deportation and the sanctuary districts. Yeah, and... he's very happy about somebody, and I think Steve Scheib said that he's like he's very happy for a guy who was dealing with ICE like 24 hours ago. Yeah, he was getting you know, like, like uh, elect- the tasers, and he was getting like he was hit- kept hitting. Yeah. He was he had, he had a rough two days, and now he's like, I'm back. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. I love this century. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So anyway, yeah, so we got that. So he's like, oh, look, fire. Right. Uh, so he's very excited. She's like, yeah, no, you probably shouldn't light up everybody. You know, we're, we're done. So. Yeah, Jane was like, he can't smoke in here. What the hell <laughs> he's doing? This is California. They got regulations. Exactly. <laughs> oh. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? 
Yeah, I think I'm losing. Hello. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, we're riding with the shadows after night. No. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> Jody might be having some issues there, uh, but I'm here and I'm Dave, and this is the scene where Rios was was showing up the cigar to Raffi, like. I kind of enjoyed it because like I like I always like these character interactions between the different characters. The, the more I understand how these characters relate to each other, the better when you have a, like a, any kind of different crew. And there's Jody. His internet just went out. Okay. Well, um he'll be back. Okay. I will I will uh, keep going here. You guys have questions, let me know and we'll try to answer them. Um and and I you know that's how it goes here on uh, on uh, Live Long Virus. Okay, I will keep. Oh, hey, um, keep going. I'm going to switch my connection. Okay, sounds good, Jody. That's what I'm writing to him right now. Okay. Um, and then <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. I wasn't prepared to be uh, abandoned here on on the podcast on the internet. Uh, what comes next? Let's find out. Um. Give me a give me a moment while I get my bearings here. Yeah, matches. Rios loves the book of matches. Like this was curious. I gotta say, I gotta tell you um, everything about it. He's just showing it off and lighting it on fire. She blows it out and um, going through. And then seven of nine, as mentioned. Has nothing to do in this in this in this mission, other than hobnob it up at the party and potentially affect the timeline. Uh, but she's having a great time. She loves this um, new thing, and I, you gotta remember, like this this seven of nine, or I guess Annika Hansen um, doesn't have um, doesn't have any Borg implants and is kind of a different person as a result of that. That you know, even though she has all the memories of that life this this new fully human Annika Hansen uh that she's kind of inherited from this this future timeline is completely different and uh definitely feels like that and um I, I'm kind of where is that going is this going to be something permanent they want to change with the, with the, the seven of nine character or is this something they're exploring for, for this I, I keep wondering uh let's keep going and then we see this this glimpse of of uh elnor as we've seen raffi is still very much disturbed by the death of elnor uh, a couple of episodes ago um though that you know he's still part of the show because he keeps like popping up as random people here in a tuxedo i think a romulan in a tuxedo would definitely stand out moving on and we see more the more drinks that uh <clears throat> that uh renee picard <clears throat> is uh is absorbing here uh, she's pounding him back uh, hard, and uh, and Picard's like, "Does she always drink like that?" Uh, meanwhile, Talon is uh, is kind of intercepting all of uh, the uh, the text messages that Renee is getting. Where and on the other end of that is is Q. I want to know if did Q create a phone with like a snap, or did he actually have to go get one? Because I'm still unclear on what Q's powers are right now. We saw that he couldn't snap and couldn't do certain things at least. So his powers are at least diminished right now that we don't know why. 
and then there was this quick scene where like she's like well that's that 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 guy he's like the head of the the mission that she's on he's like the boss of Rene Picard for the um the Europa mission uh, then we get this whole confrontation here between Rios and, uh, well, it's not really a confrontation, but Rios kind of comes over to Gerardi because Gerardi was kind of in her own world, arguing with the Borg queen in her head. And Rios goes, um, Hey, Picard's calling you. Is your communicator working? Like, what's up? Uh, she's like, Oh, I was just like confused. He's, he shows genuine concern for her in this scene. And, um, it's definitely, um, you know, coming back to this relationship that mostly took place off screen. Um, if you recall, like these two were kind of like, they hooked up at like the very end of season one, I think somewhat randomly um, because like they, they didn't have a ton of interaction before that. Uh, apparently they, like they, they kind of got together at that end of that season uh, and then they broke up um, because we even saw earlier that Rafi was asking, uh rios about like this this doctor uh that he met uh the one that we'll see later on teresa um and you know that um that that's kind of, that's kind of his edith keeler you know to, to his kirk right like he's falling in love with somebody from the past um and uh and it can't go well yes jane wants to know what happened to q's powers i don't know jane like he he he's able to get a cell phone. We know that, and we know that he can make the blue little vial to give to Adam soon to give to Corey to help her with her conditions. Uh, but we don't know. Um, it's and and where is Q going? And is Q truly an adversary, or is this a test? Is this part of like the trial never ends? I'm I am so perplexed about what Q's up to, and we only have like what like four episodes to go after this. I feel like there's a lot they have to do. Jody Simpson reporting his internet has died um it's okay jody i'm sure you'll be back shortly okay so moving on um we see here the borg queen kind of intervenes i did like the inner the earlier interaction where um it, you know she was like borg queen was like it was fun lying to your friends oh it was fun lying to your friends especially the one you had intercourse with it wasn't fun at all so not the intercourse that was the, i hated lying to my friends she didn't say that the intercourse wasn't fun, but she did say she was, but she didn't really say it was fun either. So I, I, if you didn't know, I'm out on the Gerardi Rios relationship. Really random. They can be friends, but he's better with Teresa. Um, although I have my issues with Teresa in this in this episode as well. And then like the Borg Queen, like just like pulls pulls in uh, Rios here. It's like uh, you know uh, she kind of takes over Gerardi here and is like give me a big kiss. And he's he's not so into this. Um, he kind of goes, "Whoa, you know, you pulled me really hard." We know that like the Borg Queen gives Gerardi like the superhuman strength, where she can break handcuffs and and do a lot, of, and apparently sing very well as well. That's the other uh, superpower that comes with being a Borg, the vocal uh, modulator that was set up in Voyager, if you don't know. But Rios is very like something's up with Gerardi, but there's I guess they have bigger things on this mind. At least Rios had some things to do on this mission. Um, if anything, Rafi and Seven could have done was like at least kind of figure out what's going on with Gerardi. Because you know, here it should have been an indicator. Something's up. Something's up with Gerardi. Uh more I don't know how many shots Renee Picard threw back in this episode. It was only 40 minutes or less, but she she was pounding hard, like this tying into this whole thing of she has anxiety, she doesn't know if she can do this, she doesn't know if she's uh, ready to go to space and be an astronaut because of um, these demons she's wrestled up from the simulation we saw in the last episode where, you know, she died and didn't go well. 
um here we get some glimpses of that you know that uh space is yeah if you go to be an astronaut you have to have a certain level of uh courage i guess for lack of a better sense like it's yeah it's dangerous and uh, it's you might fail and you might screw up and it might not go well i don't know um but this has to happen and then out of nowhere well that adam soon as played by brent spiner the one of many of this Soong family who are just these smarmy, like, jerk guys. Like, like this whole family, this whole Soong family is the worst. Data is the only good. He's like the, he's like the black sheep of the family, right? Like, he's like the one that we like. But, like, Lore, Adam Soong, Alton Soong, Noonien Soong. Um, who else was there? Like, the, uh, B4 even. Like, they're all, they're the worst. Like, you know, he's he's a straight up like villain here. He's like, hello, Picard. Um, and and uh Picard's kind of very, you know, he's he's seen another Soong face. Um, he's seen, you know, we saw how like mesmerized he was to see um that other Inigo Soong that we saw in season one, the other one of the other many Soong um descendants. Um, but you know, it doesn't quite have that same effect here. He kind of gets over that this is not not data and he kind of go you know he's like i'm working for q and q's my we have a mutual friend he's like q's not my friend buddy you don't know shit um and you need to get away from him and not have anything to do with him at all and he's like listen um lal you're right jane lal was good she, okay one exception but that that was data's daughter and he was trying to start like a new branch of the soong family that it aren't complete like jerks um yeah but and she I would like to have Lal to have stayed around a lot more. And I guess um I guess the other one would be uh um Soji, I guess is you know, she's I'm kind of hit and miss on Soji, and then Corey, I guess, is introduced in this season. Um so, yeah, and like I thought that this wasn't it was an interesting scene. This scene, you know, obviously Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner have done a lot of acting together over the years, uh, over 30 years plus. Um, and uh you know, like they they kind of know how to do it. Uh, I think that this was this was kind of fun, and uh, we see here that you know he's he's here because he's uh, you know Q has told him give him a big donation to NASA, and they put him like on the board of directors, and he kind of like says to this lady here like, hey, uh, get rid of that Picard, that that bald guy over there, like he's bad news, and right from there like the security, he's <laughs> just like this look he gives him. He's such a Bond villain in this episode, I think intentionally. We get more flashes over to uh, to Picard on on like on uh, on his deathbed. It seems like uh, not doing well, looking a little a uh, little clammy there. Um, uh, and as we as we're seeing like this these flash forwards where we know that he like later on in twenty four minutes or whatever the countdown is, he's 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 got to be on his back um, fighting for his life. And uh, more of these flashbacks with um, with young um, Jean Luc and his mother Yvette. Um, I'm still confused about where this is going. Uh, they've been teasing this since episode one. We are now up to six, and we know nothing more about this yet. And uh, I, I'm guessing that's all going to get unveiled in the next episode because we get the setup that you know um, Talon is going to go inside the mind of Picard and try to pull him out of this coma that medically shouldn't be happening to his synthetic body, I guess. Um, a couple of interesting um, uh, uh, twists here. We see the rock that, uh, yes, Jane, I think that that is right. Uh, is his mother holding a baby? I, that could be his younger brother. Um, 
what was his brother younger brother's name Maurice um Maurice Picard um and he yeah that could that could be his younger sibling but the, the this very traumatic event that happened to his family as a child and he's I don't know how old uh young Jean-Luc is supposed to be here I would guess about seven or something around that range um yeah we see the rock and then after that we see that like he throws the rock at the windows and we know that these like these windows will all be sort of broken in the future and this kind of room is not really is it's kind of in disrepair in Picard's time like by the time he is kind of taken back over the vineyard later in his life um I don't know what this was about like they throw like this rock into the cubby hole so maybe he hid something somewhere and now we're at the 14 minutes uh earlier you know so telling this this story sort of almost Quentin Tarantino style sort of out of order uh, we get some interesting shots here of, uh, well, just this, maybe this one uh, city uh, skyline of uh, of Los Angeles. Uh, we know in the Star Trek universe, Citibank exists now in some a company called Paul Hastings. I don't know if that's a real company or not, but they exist. Uh, more, more, more of Adam Soong, uh, you know, in his uh, in his white tux, given the stare down. And uh, this is also the moment where um, we see Renee Picard. She kind of you know, she rushes out of the party, having what seems to be an anxiety attack. Uh, she's not doing well. Uh, and Rios, like, like at least Rios has something to do on the mission. Like he's kind of he's like, I got her. I'm following her. I'm tracking her down, Picard. Follow me, right? Uh, over over here we have uh, Gerardi, who's you know after the whole like forced kiss on Rios is kind of recovering from all that kind of trying to get her bearings uh dealing with this this old boar queen in her head and she kind of looks over at the reflection uh, on this Europa mission uh thing here and then the boar queen uh comes up beside her in the reflection she can't she is she's been like possessed effectively right she made a deal with the devil to save that french cop's life it's it's going bad for Gerardi um and then and then this whole moment like well uh, the boar queen kind of says we have to do something like to because picard's been made uh by adam soon adam soon's like you you need to come after him the the security guards who are also dressed in tuxes uh the only thing that's different about a security guard in this is that they have a name tag and they have like a little earpiece and so um picard and picard and rios they kind of interchange as guests of the party and as um security guards anyway so but but uh Borg queen's like we got to do something we got to help uh picardi's in trouble uh we need a distraction and that brings us to this whole uh, this whole thing with the uh we're running with the shadows after night baby take my head you'll be all right surrender all your dreams to me tonight they'll come true in the end there she is yeah um i really like i do i love this song i love the shadows of the night the pat benatar song it also was featured heavily in rocks at rock of ages which i'm a fan of that that film and that 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 show um i thought allison pill like yeah sung really well uh throughout this and kind of does like this whole she, she's having fun with it right like there's kind of like this mischievous evil because it's really the boar queen it's not really gerardi 
through this, you know, really kind of chewing up the scenery. Uh, the fact that this this whole band is here and like the one the one thing that Steve Shives was calling out in his review, he's like, I don't know what happens in TV shows, but apparently if some random person just starts singing, the band is just going to go. Yep. I guess I'm going to accompany this and go with it and uh, try to give them the company. You know, they they happen to know how to play Shadows of the Night off the cuff. Yes. Yes, that's right, Jane. So security was distracted by the one minute of darkness and then singing. Lame security. Yeah, there was like the power. She turned the lights off. I guess Gerardi did that part as well. Uh, or Gerardi slash Borg Queen did that. Uh, and then they're, they're just like, oh, no, the lights are out. And that that uh, that bald man we were chasing a second ago, we're completely off the track. That's not how we do things. If there's a woman singing in a red dress about Shadows of the Night, that's what's coming through. Uh, so Gerardi is uh, going through. We got some intercuts here where uh, we see Renee is kind of in a different part of the building um, where some of these like, uh, it's almost like a museum uh, display of the different uh, spacesuits from the different eras. Um, and, and through the song, like, yeah, they've completely, they've completely abandoned everything with Picard. Uh, we see Rios comes over and just gives him the security name tag that he had been wearing earlier, uh, in the episode, the P Trotter. And he's like, you're good. They'll never know it's you now with this name tag. Uh, <laughs> but the whole, the whole, this whole scene, um, and this whole episode really like this, uh, reminds me a lot of Star Trek first contact also directed by Jonathan Frakes, also a movie that features the Borg Queen heavily. And this whole, like the whole band where, uh, you know, when Picard and Lily had to go into the holodeck to kind of kill the Borgs and there's that band playing and all of those things that it, it, it really um, uh, came back. I'm like, this is, this is what stuff Frakes loves to do. If you saw like the episode stormy weather from discovery earlier this year, it had like a ton of like music um, like that, uh, that, you know, like it, Frakes has a, a certain aesthetic and a certain appreciation for like this old stuff, like I guess old jazz. I, I guess that's why Riker plays trombone in Next Generation. I think that's part, maybe something from Frakes that they brought over into his character. Uh, yeah, and she's going through. And the one line that she, I was like, why did they pick this song? Why, why Shadows of the Night? Um, you know, and then the, the, the one line I think that is um, the most fitting is surrender all your dreams. Surrender all your dreams to me tonight. Yeah, I think that that's the real key that, to it. Like that, um, the Borg Queen is always looking for her minions, her drones, to be like surrendered to the night. This 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 party is loving it. They give a, a huge ovation. They're like, "Who is this woman who sang a random song?" And the band just knew to go with it. We don't know. And then she she bows. She goes down for the 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 bow, and she comes up with the Borg Queen, uh, arm in arm. Um, and there's this whole thing where Gerardi kind of comes to. Gerardi wasn't really at the at the wheel for any of this. She was kind of submerged, and she's like, "No, I thought I was in control." She's like, "Yeah, you were." But then, you know, remember when I held you with the handcuffs? That was kind of like I think the beginning of where uh, Gerardi's amount of control or agency in her own body is diminishing greatly as this time goes on as the we know she's infected with borg nanoprobes here and so there is like i don't know how much mental power is going to kind of get you over something like that especially when the borg queen herself is uh is at the wheel and then we see the full the full takeover where the eyes go black and dark and uh and, like she's fully this is like if you want to talk about the show supernatural she looks like she's possessed by a demon right now with those those dark eyes 
and then I okay, and then the whole scene with Renee and uh, Picard, well, Renee Picard and Jean-Luc Picard, uh, as it takes place here, where she's like, I really just want to be alone. I don't want to be here at all. I don't, I can't do any of this. Um, and uh get out of here. And he's like, Well, uh, when I'm uh, got a problem, I like to talk about something that's not related. So he, he doesn't like go along with like, uh, just leave me alone. He's, he's, he's going to try to reach her. And she luckily she kind of like um, accepts it a bit. He's like, can you tell me what that is? And she's like, well, that's that's OV165, which I don't know if any. Of, OK, I liked this. This was like one of my favorite moments of the episode. I think the scene in between these two is my favorite scene in the episode. Because uh, this shuttle, um, which Renee goes on to talk about, um, it's got the engines that use less fuel and it can go really fast and I love it. And it kind of shows Renee loves space and loves NASA and loves everything about it and has a passion for it. But this is the same shuttle we see in the opening credits of Star Trek Enterprise, or just Enterprise as it was known in its first two seasons, uh, OV-165, uh, which I assume stands for orbital vessel, like something that they're using potentially to go up and down from the space station or something like that. Again, this is not our universe. So they have different level of space advancement technology and, and different things. And NASA is up to different things. Obviously the Europa mission is not something I think that uh, NASA is going to be doing in two years from now, it would be lovely and nice if they were going to Mars very soon, but uh, that's not the case. But I thought that this was a really cool, like, we never knew what OV-165 was. And there's a ship that comes after this in the Enterprise opening credits, which we also never fully understand. But I thought that this was, this was really cool. Um, and, and you know, he takes out the earpiece. He's like, you know, she's like, forgive me if, I, if, I'm, if I'm out of line here, but you seem a little bit old to be a security guard. He's like, I'm the wisest security guard you ever met. Um, as it continues here, uh, we get, uh, you know, he talks about his mother and how... I can't remember exactly what he, he referenced. He, you remind me of my mother and, and her strength and different things. And, and this is why we're getting more glimpses of it. Um, that will, I guess, maybe tie really into what he gets hit later on by the car and going into the coma. And she's crying, but she like they, they, they do form like this genuine connection here. And there's some really, there's some really like important lines here. Uh, that uh, you know, she's like, you know, fear is this, my fear shows that I don't belong up in space. I like that's that, you know, it's people without fear that should be doing this. He's like, you know, fear, uh, uh, fear is not something nebulous. Uh, okay. It doesn't look like Jody's coming back. He's saying he's got um, technical issues. Can't get back up. Might be my machine. Okay. I will. Okay. I'll try to carry the torch here. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I love, I, I do, I do really love this line where he, when he talks about, um, you know, fear is, fear is just fear. Fear is fear. It doesn't speak in riddles. Fear means you're smart. You understand the risks. Um, I understand. Yeah. Like I agree completely that fear is um a necessary emotion and i think that it it, it does it is an indication of intelligence and what not to do and what to do but not to let it control you is definitely the uh, the most important thing um and you know in, in, in he, uh, this other line he, he mentions here 
Sometimes those who shine the brightest feel the sting of fear and melancholy in ways that others can never understand. And I, I think that this was a line that uh, definitely resonated with Jody, uh, myself, and and uh, Jane earlier when we were watching it together. And um, the only thing I have reservations about that whole line is is like those who shine brightest feel fear and melancholy in greater ways than others. Who are the others? Who are the non-shiners? Is what I wonder. Um, and and and, and uh, you'd have I I I need a little that to be unpacked a little bit more. I think it. It's part of what makes this scene so interesting to me, and I think there's a there's um, a lot of good stuff here. But I think that that notion I think deserves a bit of challenge. Um, but it's really good. It's really like I think that the two people talking who happen to be distantly related uh, through different centuries and time travel in here. It's just kind of a really nice uh, connection moment. And we're getting more of these glimpses of his mother being dragged away. Where are they taking her? Who's taking her? What is happening? Um, you know, and then, um, we, you know, we see uh, she takes uh, Picard's arm. Um, 99, of, 99 of us percent of us don't shine. I don't know about that. I, you know, or is, is that because if if most of us could relate to that comment, doesn't that mean that we all do? Um or we all we'd like to think we do, and we get these other glimpses here. Adam soon getting really angry in his car. We don't know what's going on quite yet, uh, but he's getting flashes. He's like he's thinking about Corey. He's thinking about his daughter. What really matters to him? He's uh, he's been kind. You know, Q has his his uh, got him on right where he wants him, and he'll Q, he, Q he will do anything for Q if he'll help him save Corey. Uh, we get we just Q doesn't really appear in the episode at all. Just in uh, this one little glimpse we see um, of the earlier flash with Adam. And Adam's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I, he he kind of works himself up to this uh, while, uh, you know, Picard and Renee are sort of like they're headed back to the party uh, for the, the the photo op with all the astronauts. And apparently this was a shortcut uh, through the parking lot or something like that. Um, but uh, but as that's as they're kind of going along, she's like, I feel like I know you. And at that moment, that's when Adam soon kind of shows up and tries to run them over. Uh, she he pushes her out of the way. He pushes Renee out of the way. And, uh, you know, and and I guess we're led to believe that this was what was going to be the divergence in the timeline, her death here at the hands of Adam Soon, or I guess at the wheel of Adam Soon, um, and that they kind of prevented it here because Picard kind of puts himself in, in, in the harm's way. So is the timeline restored now is what I wonder. Uh, or not, or is there is that not what the divergence is? Uh, is there is there another divergence? Because we see in that in that future, like in the in the Confederacy, like we see like there's a hologram of Adam Soong saying like the future is a human future. Um, and so, okay, so so like let's say this was that divergence, like the her getting run over here. Did he then get like he was able to save Corey, but then he became like this leader of some kind of human supremacist movement uh something some 40 something years before they'll even make first contact with the vulcans that didn't quite make sense to me there's got to be more to it than that like adam soon has to have more um more to do with this divergence than just that that he may or may not have killed renee picard and stopped her from going on this europa mission uh and again why why would q do any of this is is, is it's so curious uh, but, uh, you know, Rios and, uh, 
Talon show up and we got Rene Picard uh, looking over this, like saying, look, this nice security guard who really helped me calm down. I got to, uh, I feel bad about this, but uh, I think this is the last we see of her. Uh, and so Rios is like, we can't take him to the hospital because they'll want ID. We don't want to, we want, we don't want him to get deported to France. So we got to take him to, uh, to see Teresa, uh, who's, um, you know, going to try to help him out. Uh, she gets him on the def the defibrillator, and the, it and he, I I thought this was interesting because it's it happens very quickly, and like I had to watch the episode twice to kind of really follow what, what was going on here. But I guess because he's a synthetic body, right? Because you know they, they make some jokes like, do, does he is, uh, does he have any medical history? Uh, yeah, he's had some transplants. Uh, which ones? All of them. Yeah, because his entire body is a transplant. Um, he, his entire body is synthetic. Uh, and so, yeah, it overloads the um, the defibrillator here and completely takes it offline. Teresa is stunned, uh, which which Rios tries to play off that, you know, maybe your kid was playing with the dials. Teresa was having none of that. So you don't you blame it on an innocent child who definitely stole your communicator and tried to bribe it out of you. Um, and then uh, we get the shot over here to I guess this is Malibu. I guess this is where Adam soon lives. Uh, Corey's down in her room doing her Corey thing. Uh, Adam Soong shows up, you know, he's got the bow tie on Bode. Uh, he's doing the, he got the tuxedo. Uh, he comes in, he's, he's not feeling too good about himself after that. Um, you know, uh, he was supposed to be trying to kill Renee and then he, but he ends up hitting Jean-Luc. Uh, and you know, he's kind of really wrestling with this, but he's like, I did it for you. Like, it's gotta be for you. And is that gotta be worth it and protect the ones you love? And you know, uh, the collateral damage of all this, like, is Adam Soong a good man or a bad man, or is he some kind of shade of gray? You know what can we? I like I, I, I think it's the the, the former. I, I, I like I said, this whole Soong family, Ugh. um, bad people, bad people, not 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 noble at all. Smart and very capable, but but not. Um, you know, so we see that um, Teresa because she kind of threw everybody out. She threw the, all the, the, the guests out and she's able to stabilize Picard, but he's not able to actually um, wake up, uh, which, you know, Teresa come, comes out and says, I don't really understand. He's in a coma, but we can't fully understand it. We get this whole conversation between her and, and, uh, and Rios, um, which, you know, she was very angry with him. Why? Like he's been like, I think that, I don't know. Like I, her hostility towards Rios in all of these scenes, I'm just like, I don't really understand it because he's only been trying to be good and nice to her. And like, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, it, she, I, I liked her before this and like this, what happens in all of these scenes that made me like her a lot less, um, you know, for whatever reason, <laughs> she, I, I guess I just don't, like being cruel to characters that don't deserve it uh, or creating friction that doesn't seem earned. Um, anyway, so Corey ends up like after the, you know, this whole encounter with Adam, uh, her dad, you know, she kind of goes down to his lab and wants to kind of figure out what's going on. She breaks, she, she's like, I've never Googled you before, dad. Uh, let's figure out. And we see here, uh, it, well, it's not Google. The Google logo has been there. Uh, gone off here but the, the first three headlines are like yeah dr adam soon banned following an ethics violation uh disgraced scientist banned over the use of eugenics uh mad scientist uh banned following illegal genetic experiments uh and again the eugenics wars happened like 
25 years before this, like Khan, Nunez, and Soong, he'll escape on the Botany Bay uh, in the 1990s. Uh, So this has already taken place. Uh, So it would make sense that like Adam Soong would be this incredibly controversial and uh, um, character, like the the Shen, what's it? The Shenzhen Convention, which presumably is where they banned all this eugenics and genetic experimentation. Uh, the fact that he's so insanely wealthy is kind of confusing to me, uh, considering that he would be a, like, like, like the humanity, this would be one thing that maybe humanity had, um, kind of, kind of come to terms with even before world war three. Uh, how old do we, how old do we think Corey is? Is she a rapidly aging clone? Well, that's a good question, Jane. Um, because you know, he's kind of going, she's going through all of like the different, the Shenzhen convention. That's what it is. Uh, he's a disgraced scientist, mad scientist. Uh, and then we see like these flashbacks here of like him with what, what initially she thinks, okay, this is Corey as a child, but it's not like there. She's like, why don't I remember this? And it, I found that the scene was kind of strange in the fact that, um, Corey has to kind of narrate it. Why don't I remember this? What's happening? What's why don't well, let's Google you, Dad? Let's, let's let's look you up. Uh, why don't I remember that? What, well, you won't remember everything from when you were a kid, anyway, Corey. Uh, but you know, like we see some of these, some of these, um, these these photos worked better for others. This one's okay. Uh, this one's pretty good too. I guess they like they took composites of like Brent Spiner from years ago uh, with uh, with with pictures of Isa Briones. Uh, this one. Not so good. I, I'm I'm giving this one a thumbs down. Like uh, Brent, uh, more for how Brent Spiner <laughs> looks in this photo. Um, I'm guess it just uh, it looks very fake. Um, and then she's watching like more of his logs where he's talking about like this baby Persephone dies at like three years old. And then uh, I don't know how she was like. I guess she was just double clicking on random files because I kind of like took some shots here of these file names and they're they don't really mean much that I can make sense of. Uh, they're just kind of random codes. And so she's kind of going through them one by one. Like Joe, AJ, J, I don't know. If there's a code here, if you're something, if you're seeing something, let me know because I'm not following it. Uh, and then finally, you know, we see this kind of final log where Adam Soong's like, well, you know, this is going to be the last one. At least I can take some solace in that, but that's the one I have to save. And then he says, Corey. And so Corey kind of knows she's the last of this line of, babies or clones or something or i guess you know how how he what Corey is exactly is not clear what or what the predecessors were is not very clear yet but not a regular run-of-the-mill human he just had because you know he kind of skirted the whole issue of her mother in the previous um episode when we met them and so yeah like, like there's there's more to this than that uh and then over to uh picard on the Kind of, this is kind of like where we started the episode. Um, you know, just him on his back, not looking good. Uh, Talon has her little Gary Seven pen uh, that she's able to use to uh, to kind of look inside of his mind and kind of figure what's going on here. Um, and it's very interesting. Like I kept, the, I couldn't help but think, like, isn't Talon part of this time period? Are, aren't all of these interactions with Talon affecting the timeline as well? Because Talon is not a time traveler. She's from this time. Um, she just happens to be assigned to protect Rene Picard. Um, or, I don't know, maybe not. But anyway, so like there's this whole conversation of like, what do we do? How do we help him? How do we get him out of this? Because we need to know how to save him. Um, 
we're getting is he here more like inside of his mind i guess he's trapped inside of like these these traumatic memories concerning his mother um and this is all probably gonna be told in the next episode so hopefully it's good uh what's the sh what's she, why is she shushing him i need to know why is she running away where is she going who's this guy grabbing her what's his deal where is she? Why is she being dragged away? Who's dragging her? I'm confused by this. Uh, it better pay off. It better pay off. And then finally, um, you know, so she's like, well, I, I guess I can go inside of his mind and try to pull him out of this. And Rafi is very much against this. Rafi is like, oh, what could go wrong? And it's like, in town's like, well, you got a better idea? What are we going to do? We need to, we need Picard awake because he's the only one who knows about Mr. Godman, meaning Q. But he's not. I, I direct you to Seven of Nine here on the far left, who had a number of adventures with Q and, and encounters with Q on Star Trek Voyager. Uh, this has been completely like not addressed in this series whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I, I give you that most of those encounters with, with Q on Voyager were very Janeway-centric. I give you that. But, Jane, but Seven of Nine was there. She knows who Q is. She's had interactions with him. It's all there, right? And so it's very confusing to me that they're like, well, without Picard, we can't, you know, we can't finish this mission because he's the only guy who knows about Q. He knows Q better than Seven of Nine, for sure. But it's, um, I think that they're like, especially pointing out the fact that Seven of Nine had nothing to do in this episode. She had no reason to be at that party anyway, or to be on that mission, nor really did Rafi, for that matter. Um, so just going through, but uh, Raf, they they kind of agree that they're, this is what they're going to have to do. And then the episode ends with uh, Allison Pill is, you know, just kind of fully gone Borg queen. She's gone. She's gone full dark side here. Uh, and then we get like, you know, this very ominous walk away. You know, she's 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 crossing the walk. She's even going to walk, as you'll see, like against against the, the, the don't walk sign. She's got 13 seconds, but I don't know if she's going to make it across that crosswalk in 13 seconds. It's she's going to have to pick up that pace a bit. She's carrying her shoes too. why. What, you know, she's just, I guess she's walking barefoot through Los Angeles. You might want to get a tetanus shot there, uh, Agnes Girardi. Um, anyway. So that's it. I think that's the end. Of, that's the end of the uh, the episode. Um, just to, I guess, maybe uh, we can maybe get into some quick ratings here. Um, I'm going to ask Jody if he has a rating. I I'm personally this was not my favorite episode of the season. Um, I'm going to go uh, seven on this one. It was fine, but uh, I, I, it, I didn't uh, love it. And yeah, Jody's going seven as well. Okay, so this is uh, a seven. Um, and oh man, normally I'm able to multitask better here when I'm not by myself. But if you just bear with me, I am kind of curious to see what the uh, what the audience is saying because I always like to get the Internet Movie Database score and to get into it here. I'm just going to quick peek uh, quickly here. It's currently sitting at a 6.8, which is about 142 votes so far today. Uh, came out today. Uh, so that's um, uh, not the highest rated so far. As mentioned, directed by uh, Frakes uh, and was written by Cindy Apple and Jane Maggs. Um, and uh, so Cindy had written the last episode. Jane Maggs was, uh, wrote the teleplay two episodes ago. So I think the first time we've seen these two directly team up um and yeah 
I, that's about about it. But we're saying, yeah, because Jody and I both voted seven. Um, this will set it a seven. And I think also just to mention that um, I some of the some of the writing was good. I think like for instance, like the scene with Rene Picard and, and Jean Luc Picard was very strong, very good scene. I think that uh, a lot of a lot of the stuff with Rafi in this episode didn't really work for me. I was like, when for instance, when is she an alcoholic? And since when does she like just nay say everything? And um, she's just kind of a pain sometimes. Um, and then the whole thing with uh, with Rios and and Teresa, I thought was just kind of there was there was friction and conflict there that was not necessary between those two where uh, in particular like this whole thing where he's like yeah we're the good guys trust me we're the good guys good guys never say that that's not true teresa uh good guys do sometimes say that um like, so like i don't like that's just a, I, a couple things with the writing was like it was very hit and miss for me like some of things were very strong and some things i'm like that in particular i was like that sucks um anyway we're gonna close the book here on two for one uh where you ended up with just one podcaster we originally had four people on tonight davin skillhorn uh from locutors at trek uh my cousin and yours he was unable to make it tonight because uh he he's he's got the sound like he's got some stomach issues or some 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 kind of a flu adam woodward dealing with some family issues and of course jody's internet went out um so uh but i'm 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 standing here at the end um telling me about two for one and you should also check out our other podcasts here on live long and podcast we're, we're always kind of breaking down different pod, uh, episodes of star trek monday nights we talk about star trek enterprise that's with jody simpson and kevin millard and uh and adam woodward uh and sometimes davin's on that one too on tuesday nights uh we talk about star trek d space nine we've been going through each episode just like we do with enterprise we, we go through one each episode in order talk about it analyze it rate it much like we did tonight uh, for this uh, this this episode of Star Trek Picard, uh, we obviously right now we're in, in the midst of season two of Picard, but we just wrapped up like Discovery season four, which featured Michael Chan, uh, who's uh, one of our uh, one of the podcasters we work with um, quite a bit. Um, and, and, and speaking of which, coming up this Saturday night, April 9th, we'll be doing a live reading of the episode called Darmok. This is from Star Trek The Next Generation's fifth season, uh, originally aired in 1991. You know, like Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. We're doing it with uh, with all. Our, we're going to be doing like a basically a script read with sound effects. This later gets produced uh, and edited down into like a fully uh, uh, realized audio drama. And uh, in, and if it's it can it, like there's there's kind of definitely a, a spontaneity and some improv that gets uh, thrown in here by some of the performers. So it's uh, I would definitely uh, check this out uh, if you love that episode. If you love uh, what we do here on Live Long and Podcast, check out Darmok this uh, Saturday night live read with michael chan discovery zone michael chan plus our two other channels we got trivial debates a monthly show where we argue about movies tv sports there's a host there's three contestants they argue uh our next one will be coming up on may 1st we the last one we just did was on march 27th uh so there's always there's always kind of different uh, questions and debates in that and then on super mater brothers podcasting which i do with my brother jeff mater and co-host Emil robinson uh we're covering like different shows and movies that are not related to star trek that so if, for instance right now we're in the full coverage of big brother canada 10 which I'll be on later tonight to talk to Jamil Robinson about uh, the, the, the eviction for week six. Survivor season 42 is right now. We just did episode five last night. Next week, we have a double header, a two hour episode next week for Survivor. And then uh, we'd love to talk about Marvel as well, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we've been going through everything since uh, since 
WandaVision came out last year, uh, all the new installments, whether they be on Disney Plus or they be cinematic. Uh, in the very near future, Moon Knight will be covered. Uh, we were two episodes into those six. And then uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will be our next cinematic review after that. And check out our friends podcast. I mentioned Davin Scalehorn, my my cousin and yours. He's got Locutors of Trek, his Star Trek themed channel. Does all kinds of great stuff over there. Debates and he does trivia and he does um, uh, writer's room pitches and all kinds of, of fun stuff. Plus, he's got his X-Men, the animated series uh, podcast, which he does with his friend Andre. They go through each episode of X-Men, the animated series from the early 90s, talking and rating those episodes. And uh, also, uh, check out my son's podcast, Eamon Mater, uh, under his alias Sanjurka. Let's talk about fighting games. They talk about Mega Man. They talk about Capcom and Biken and all those things. And um, and then the Hellbound podcast with Michael Chan and Alex Blackburn, a horror podcast they do every Wednesday. Something different horror. Something about the horror genre that they love and love to break down. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's going to close the book for two for one. I got to run and uh, watch an episode of Big Brother Canada. And uh, we'll be back in a week to talk about episode seven of Star Trek Picard, hopefully with more people than just me. Um, but thank you, Jody, for the time you were able to uh, to be with us. And uh, we will see you next time. And until then, surrender all your dreams tonight. Surrender all your dreams to me tonight. Okay. Oh, thank you.